I do it? I make art, and the ache, ache somehow comes out as colors and light and texture. It transforms a joy. And the sadness fades, and people notice the explosion of creation in me and on my walls when I talk too much, and then I'm not invisible. I have a glass of something, and the chest eases and the muscles smooth and relax. But instead of joy, at the end of the night, the dark, rough edges of loneliness wash over me, and I take a deep breath and let the memories be there, burning my skin. I accept the pain, but just for a minute. And believe me, I know I'm not invisible. I make cookies to give away or reach out to someone in pain. I talk to the homeless lady or make enough conversation with a friend or a stranger that they know I notice them, creating temporary electric sparks of connection, something to make the heart beat faster, a fleeting shared smile. And for that moment, I am not invisible. I hear music and songs, and my heart opens up when I thought it couldn't, and sometimes I can still tell it. I tell stories and feel the connection to the rich textures of the past and the shiny, unfocused future. I am still me, and I am present, and I am not invisible. I love my daughter and see her gift to me and the world, and I know life is right and bright and promising. And I love my friends, and we share our lives, even the hard parts. And I know that life is warm and fuzzy and messy, but still somehow comfortable. And I'm not invisible. I will not be invisible. Got a mother. 
welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Zeb Green, the clergy intern here, and my pronouns are he and him. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning, whether you're in the room or joining us on Facebook. Visitors and guests, I hope that you got a blue name tag so that we know who you are and can welcome you and answer any questions you might have. We love talking about why this community is so important to us and we'd like to hear from you about what you're looking for. We hope you'll join us after the platform service for coffee and cookies in the lobby and the social hall. Please consider sharing your email with us on the gold sheet in your program so that we can add you to our mailing list. You can drop it in the collection basket as it passes later in the platform service. I want to remind everyone to silence their electronic devices so you can be more fully present this morning. I'd now like to invite our pastoral care associates to read our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values and each other's voices. Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit with faith and human goodness to appreciate each person's unique capacity. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Joe and Allison. As you light our community candle, I invite everyone to join me in the candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. spell with people around the world, especially those who carry deep hurt within. As we listen to the chimes, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of meditation. Please take a moment to get settled into your bodies. Take a deep breath in and slowly let it out. Let your eyes drift slowly closed and focus on your breath. 
even as we go inward, we are in a room full of people, a community of fellow travelers through life. Today, we take special note of the change in our lives on the losses we have all suffered. Some fresh, some long scarred over, but still deeply, deeply present. Above all, today we remember the people that have entered and left our lives, the ones that have touched us and changed us for the better, a moment of solemnity and joy. As you breathe in, I invite you to remember a lost loved one. Think of the joys they brought you, the lessons they taught you. Breathing in, bring those memories close to you. On the exhale, be present to how your life was changed. How can we honor their memories? Breathing out with an intention to keep their spirits alive and active in the world.
month of the approach for clean up good we have been talking about what clean up good is for for justice work for to speak our own truth to share our stories freely and alone there is also a third wheel that the highly Religious traditions and cultures and all of the innovations and practices that came and spoke about the traditions of mourning in different cultures around the world. Our tradition is a simple one and one that we'll share together today the lighting of candles and the saying of names, the bringing into this space those we miss and have lost. But this month, I am thinking especially about the courage that that requires. The courage even to go to the back of the room and pick up a candle to say a name aloud. The courage that each one of us needs, the courage that we call on when we are faced with loss in our own lives. Our tree that stands here, slightly crooked, a little lopsided, and yet holding on it so much love. Each leaf on the tree has the name of someone from this community who has been lost to death in recent years. And every year I add another leaf or two or three. And I do so with gratitude for that name and the life that it represents and also, of course, with sorrow and grief and with admiration for the ways that I see the community, those who loved the person whose name we honor, gather together and remember them. Our society at large doesn't do a very good job with grief, you might have noticed. We don't do a great job with death in general. We like to just get it taken care of far away from us. No care of the body ourselves as other cultures have done and continue to do. But instead, moving it away into a clinical setting and then as soon as the memorial service is over, hoping that people will move on and get over it already. And yet anyone who has experienced loss in their own lives knows that we carry that loss with us for months and years and decades. And so even speaking aloud, the grief that we hold can be an act of courage. Even to respond, no, I'm not doing so well, when we get the how are you, to which we are expected to say just fine. <laughs> to be able to say fully and truthfully, I'm struggling. 
I'm hurting. It's an anniversary I'm remembering especially today. I don't know why today, but I'm holding that person so closely in my heart, and it's hard. And so with each leaf, I imagine and remember the gathering around we have done in this community. The ways that we have tried to hold at bay the quickness that we can wrap around grief in our society and instead said, no, we, we will stay here for a while in the midst of the loss and sadness. The courage, I think, looks like different things for different people. <laughs> Sometimes it is the courage to put one foot in front of another. The courage to just make it up and out of bed in the morning or the afternoon. <laughs> to get out of the house that day. Sometimes it is the courage to laugh again. You might have had a loss so deep that you remember when you first gave yourself permission to laugh afterward. Sometimes, of course, the laughter comes quickly and part of the courage is allowing that to be too. <laughs> Often memorial services are as full of laughter as they are of tears as we remember the person and all that they brought to our lives, all their foibles too and the things that drove us just a little bonkers about them. <laughs> that too is part of who they are and how we remember. Sometimes the courage that is required in grief is remembering the fullness of the person. The hard parts, too. It's another thing our society asks us to do, to imagine that those we have lost are somehow sanitized in our memory. And yet, in, in truth, they are whole people, just as we are, sometimes deeply complicated. And there is a courage in naming that as well, I think. A couple of months ago, I heard a piece on This American Life, I think it was, about a phone booth in Japan. The phone booth was, I think, left over from a time when we used phone booths. You might recall the 90s, I think it was. It was left over, and it was in a part of Japan that had been particularly ravaged by the tsunami and where many people had lost loved ones. And so people went to this phone booth to call those that they had lost. No one picked up. <laughs> but they called just the same and spoke to the people that they missed. They shared stories of their lives, what was going on for them. They said they missed them and loved them and remembered them. They just called to chat. This particular episode actually recorded some of the phone calls in that booth, with permission, of course, as people talked to the folks they hadn't seen in several years perhaps on an anniversary or just a day when they had time to show up at the phone booth and make the call. 
Continuing our connections to those we have lost, particularly those of us who are no longer in traditional religious settings, for whom perhaps our opening song spoke in imagery or metaphor, who don't imagine that we will truly see again the person we have lost, but seek still to maintain our connection to them. That too is a kind of courage if we recall the heart on which the word courage is based. We too might go to a phone booth of some kind and make a call. And indeed, that is what we are invited to do today. To make the call, whether in our own hearts and minds or spoken aloud. We'll move into that time in just a few moments. I want to invite first Gail Danley, who is a nationally award-winning poet and just happens to be in our local area. Gail will be um, actually offering a workshop on using poetry to work through grief after our second platform today, although I will tell you that it sold out quickly. <laughs> we hope to bring Gail back again. She has agreed to share some of her poetry with us this morning as well. And so I invite her into that this morning. Thank you. Lately, it has become important to me for you to see her. Let me draw her for you, life-sized. How tall was Aunt Ruth? It's hard for me to say. Since I was the child and she was the woman, always the woman. She will always be taller than me, but not too tall. The, the height of a woman, the skin of a woman, wet. The color of cold butter in the refrigerator for safekeeping. Mm. Eyebrows, a little wiry. This, you know, before we started carving our brows into our foreheads. Mold beneath nose, peach colored, nose, 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 straight, beakish, pointed in the way that black folks approve. Hair, straightened, but not straight, straightened, press comb, straight, oil, not oily, dark, 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 dark hair, curl, not curly, pink sponge rollers, pin curled for church. Spiral curl, not Shirley Temple spiral curl, soft spirals, nothing perfect on my Aunt Ruth. <laughs> not that she didn't try perfect. Aunt Ruth, always smooth in herself, running her hands down her front, over her bosom, not breast, bosom, cone-shaped <laughs> hands. When I was old enough to see her hands, they were wrinkling, wrinkled, wrinkling, wrinkled, gnarling, gnarly, always rings, not expensive, heirloom rings, mama's rings, grandma's rings, rings from dead husband, click, click of little rings. Nails getting grooves, not groovy nails, grooved ridges, 
pink polish settled inside grooved nails. Sometimes pearls, not Elizabeth Taylor pearls, but pearls, you know, pearls from riches, pearls that came in a white box with green writing, square cotton pad for safekeeping. Never throw the box away. So pearls stay nice, always nice. Don't dig for boogers, as in, I'm not looking for boogers, Gail, but Are you sure that that fella is right, Fred? <laughs> she can't see me no more. I'm invisible. But she's all that I see. My canvas full of her. Blacks and pinks and mirrors. Chalkboard voice. I, I digress. Not voice. Okay, I. Eyes removing cat eye glasses, so tired. Eyes so tired. So I sit here at the edge of this basketball court, thinking, drawing Aunt Ruth in pen and ink. Aunt Ruth. Okay, so let's see. Hands, eyes, I can't draw eyes. Poets are bad at eyes. Eyes looking at me. Is that enough about Aunt Ruth's eyes? She saw me. Baby, I ain't got much, but I got a little something for you to take back to that big college up north. It's just a little... Cat eye glasses like that lady in the cartoon. Trim. Aunt Ruth Trim. Stay away from noodles. Have you been eating too many sandwiches, baby? Little bit of that, little bit of that. Dentures. Pink lips. Can you see her pink lips? Okay, so let's see what we've got. Hair, oiled curls, thin ankles, pumps, hands, eyes. Eyes. Aunt Rue, are you white? Don't never say that to me again. There's black beneath this yellow skin. I love you, baby. Gail, look at me. I see you, my great niece, woo-wee. You're 51 now. <laughs> You're not three no more. I see you, Gail. Mm. Baby, I could draw you too. Aunt Ruth wants to preserve you for safekeeping too. Your lines are so clean, Gail. And so clear. Thank you.
Susan, thank you so much for bringing us into this space. I want to invite you now into a time of meditation before our candle lighting. I invite you to bring into your mind a person you would like to remember today. Perhaps it is the person who came up during Zeb's meditation, perhaps there is someone else you want to bring into this space. 
bring into your mind and heart a person lost to you. Bring them all the way in this space. Their face, their nose, their eyebrows, even their eyes. Bring in the sounds they made, their laugh, their voice. Bring in the way they made you feel, which might have been good or bad or most likely a mix of both. Invite in all that person was, the difficult parts and the beautiful ones. Let that all in to this moment. And now, begin to shift. Begin to look in that full picture you have created in your mind and heart for the peace you wish to honor, the peace you wish to keep with you. Perhaps it is a way of being in the world that this person did so well. Perhaps it is something you learned from them, a value they shared. Search through the good and the bad and find that kernel you wish to hold on to. That kernel that you wish to carry forward in your own life. Pull it out. Imagine pulling the threads of it together. Gather it close to you. And lay it on your heart. As we move into our candle lighting, I invite you to hold that person and hold that kernel close. <laughs> 